0: It's time for you to add value. April Sprintz, today's guest, is a business accelerator, founder of Driven Outcomes, and the author of Magic Blue Rocks, The Secret to Doing Anything. After spending 20 great years in a variety of industries, solving problems, driving growth, and accelerating companies, April realized helping people is who she is, not just what she does. April Sprintz talks about what we gravitate towards and how that impacts our attitude and success. We need to view the circumstances around us as happening for us and not to us. And we have great discussions about generosity culture and the power it has for propelling business forward. April, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So normally we just start by letting you share um, how you got started as an entrepreneur and you can go you know, share your earlier story or share it in whatever way you'd like.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I'll share the earlier one because that's probably different than what a lot of folks do. So my first journey into the entrepreneurial world was at the age of six. So I had been told by a classmate of mine that I was poor in Actually, not an unkind way, just that very truth-telling way that children have Mm -hmm. where they say, oh, okay, you know, based on these pieces of information. And he was correct. He told me that I was poor. And I thought, okay, the best way I can think of to solve this is to start a business. Because at the time, as a kid, I would watch television shows about people who had lives I wanted, and they were all entrepreneurs. So I decided to look around the house and find something that I could sell because I, you know, I'm six. I didn't even have a bike at the time. So there there wasn't a lot of options to go work in any other way other than finding something to sell. And what I ended up doing was finding the gravel in my driveway. And I decided to color it blue because the only other useful thing I had in the house that I was willing to part with <laughs> was a blue marker. And I thought, you know what? I have the ability to do anything I believe I can do. Mm. And I really believe that. And I thought, you know what? If I color these rocks blue, they'll be special. And then I'll put that magic that I have, because I was six years old and still completely believed in magic, into those rocks so that anyone who has one can do anything they believe they can do. And I took them in and sold them to school at school the next day which while my operation was shut down within a day because school is more for learning than selling or at least that's what they told me I sold out of my rocks that day. I think I made like five dollars selling them for a quarter apiece
0: <laughs> Well I mean obviously there's so much good in that but just the the magic of childhood, the magic of, of a child uh, there's some some really great things in there that that you know, The idea that you believe in yourself and that self-belief is so powerful. And then instilling magic into the rocks that whoever has the rock can do whatever they believe they can do. Obviously, those are huge, huge statements (laughs) that, you know, looking back on most people lose track of that, right? When they grow up and those statements get uh, rooted out of us by family and friends and teachers and (laughs) Everyone. um, And and I think there's a big part of the entrepreneur journey is going back to that child and recovering those those things.
1: Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting because for me, it has come so full circle because my company now has been around for five years. And that is really what I help innovators and business leaders do. Like if if you can think of it, I
0: believe it's possible for you. So now we just have to figure out how. Mm, So good. Yeah. You know, the idea that you would receive an idea and the universe wouldn't provide you everything you need to make that idea come come to pass is just nonsense. hundred
1: percent. Well, it's interesting. I talk to people about this a lot where I say, you don't have an idea that is impossible for you. It just doesn't occur to you. And I'll use myself as an example. I have never wanted to be an astronaut. Never. That's not something that's necessarily possible for me. I get bored by higher math, so it's not really my thing. Sure. Um, so... Anything that does occur for you, you can do. And when you put it in that phrasing, people can think of the things that they've never thought of, that they also could never imagine doing, but then they start to realize, oh, wow, if it's occurred to me, it is absolutely something that I can have happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So obviously you, you talk about coming full circle. Let's talk a little bit more about the circle. You Join the Air Force, spend, spend some time serving our country. Thank you for that. And uh, it was my pleasure. And, and you had an odd, odd Air Force career. Like not everybody would imagine what you were doing as I also have the same. I was a Marine, but I was trained as a retail manager. So so don't <laughs> think don't think that yours is <laughs> completely unheard of.
1: Well, you know, there are folks in the, in the service that end up being lifeguards and people just don't necessarily think that those jobs are going to be there. And I was very fortunate because I spent most of my young life wanting to be a television broadcaster. So then being able to do that in the service while I was able to earn my degree was just was such a huge blessing. I kept thinking that someone was going to figure out that they didn't have to pay me that I would do it anyway. And I just felt so fortunate and so lucky to be a part of it and to get to tell the stories of the folks who were doing really amazing, heroic things, and they didn't normally get highlighted. So I felt like that was an honor as well.
0: Nice. That's so good. So then obviously transition from the Air Force to corporate America. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, from corporate America to to April. And, and putting April out there as – as her own as her own business. Let's share a little bit about um, why the transition from the success in, in corporate America to to hey I can do this for me instead of you know so stockholders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was interesting. I I loved my corporate career. I loved the companies that I worked for, the clients I worked with. I got a tremendous amount of experience in those roles. What I found that's interesting, and I think this happens to a lot of people, is I kept gravitating towards the thing I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I would have whatever my role was in sales and leadership, et cetera. But then I would be spending the rest of my time or my extra time, if you will, helping to grow things and accelerate things and mentor and fixing processes that were broken. And they were all pointing to the fact that where I got the the most fulfillment was in helping and in making things better and making things go more quickly. So when I got to what was just this amazing point in my career at a a startup that did exceedingly well, had a a huge $7 billion IPO in the financial world. what I realized was I want to help more people in more ways. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs end up starting their journey this way because as exciting as things were when you were first learning it, once you feel that you've mastered it, you want to go do something bigger and you want to do more for others, which is what led me to start my company.
0: Nice. That's so terrific. Like, you know, I think all of us, all human beings were created in some way to serve humanity as a whole, right? And, and, and provide good for, good for people. And entrepreneurs are the ones that have the guts to, to recognize that and say, oh, I'm going to put that out in the world. And not, not to take away from the folks that, that do work, that same kind of work for other people, but the willingness to say, I can, I can spread out further, I can serve more people uh, if I do this on my own is so good. And I think entrepreneurs are going to be the savior. They're going to save the world. Because they're more agile than corporations. They're they're more responsive to the, the things that are happening in our culture. And I think entrepreneurs by their nature either learn in the process or have a higher awareness of their ability to tap into the universe to to tap into the good and, and spread that good around. So, Absolutely. so yeah, I think I think entrepreneurs are gonna gonna make make the biggest difference. And so I love that impact is your is your motivation absolutely well and i think too that as an
1: entrepreneur you are uniquely situated to, as you talk about the universe and the way that things can align and happen for you, it goes against a lot of our corporate mantras that it could be easy and it could be fun all the time. And it could be more important that you're aligned with what you want than it is that you know exactly how to do it. A lot of that goes against what can make us successful in a corporate environment. And for me personally, I I joke and tell people I'm a recovering grinder. I used to really hang my hat on the fact that I may not be smarter or more talented than anyone, but I will outwork all of them and it won't matter. And one of the things I've learned as an entrepreneur is just the value of not grinding, of taking inspired action and of taking the time to get aligned with the things that I want so that those actions that I do take are a thousand times more effective.
0: Oh, That's so good. I mean, the idea, of the hustle and grind, obviously is real for a lot of people, especially corporate sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of those, you know, are are built on the hustle and grind mindset mantra. And, and when you recognize, and you're, you use you use the word alignment, I like to think of harmony, similar, mm-hmm. right? Free, I like the harmony because it talks about frequency. And and when you're aligned to that frequency that you were created in, right? Your gift, I think your gift has a frequency, and when you find that, and and those two align. Uh, pretty good things can happen for you. And of course, for the world, right? The world needs your voice. The world needs that thing inside you that that most people are keeping to themselves. Oh, sure. And it's funny when you talk about the harmony and the
1: frequency. and, And when I talk about alignment, folks are like, well, I don't know if I've ever done that. You absolutely have. And in that moment, you said something like, I was in the zone. Everything just happened so easily. It was just like, everything was ready for it to go. And what's interesting is when you start paying attention to that and doing that on purpose, you become incredibly powerful and candidly incredibly happy.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It feels, I mean, like you said, the zone, it feels right. You know that you're you're doing something that you were created for. And when you're doing what you were created for, not only does flow happen, but it feels good it's it's not like work it's not like absolutely it's not like that grind it's absolutely a pleasure and you do it like you said you would do it for free because (laughs) but the great thing about it is you don't have to do it for free because when you're in harmony you're adding so much value to other people that they want to they'll gladly pay you and compensate you for it because you're taking them to a whole nother level and and getting them incredible results absolutely and it's it's a neat thing to be able
1: to, to help someone else get to that place.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So let's talk about connection and and building your audience, obviously jumping out of corporate into creating your own business and and coaching and elevating leaders and executives. How, How valuable is connection? How important was that in the process? I think connection is the basis for everything. I mean, connection was the
1: basis for my corporate career. And it's interesting because I had most of my success in the sales arena, yet I didn't sell like other folks because to me, I could replace the word sell with helping. And that's what I was doing. Could I help you? It does what I have, fulfill a need that would be a benefit to you. Okay, great. Then that's how we would move forward. And I just kept that same mentality. There is not a single thing in your business or in your overall life, whether it's your personal life or romantic life, it doesn't matter. that can't be moved forward by just asking yourself, I wonder how I could help.
0: So powerful, right? I mean, obviously it brings up Zig Ziglar's quote, but it's the top of the top of everything, right? Help Mm -hmm. enough people get what they want and and you will be rewarded greatly and get what you want.
1: It is. And it's so funny. I think a lot of folks might almost question it because it sounds so simple. How could that possibly be true? But when we think about the things that we've found to be incredibly true and resonate with lots and lots of people, simple doesn't mean easy.
0: No, but simple can absolutely be the answer. Absolutely. Well, and I think the the challenge is is finding consistency or and persistence in the simple, mm-hmm. right? So creating, figuring out the process to get what it is that you want,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then and then repeating that process daily, <laughs> hourly, minutely. You know, and it's funny that you
1: use the word consistency, because this is something that I I talk with folks and in companies. And when I'm training the leadership team, I talk all the time about small, consistent action and how much more powerful that is than what we all tend to want to chase after, which is, you know, the big, massive action, because that sounds more fun. That sounds more exciting. And I'm going to tell on myself here, because while I teach that, in and day out and walk people through doing it, I will find myself sometimes like looking for some big, massive action. I'm like, April, you know better. You know what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) But it is funny that we will chase that. Oh, I just want that feeling of I just leapt from here to here. And it's really I, I did make that leap or you made that leap or they made that leap. But it was over a certain period of time of those smaller, consistent actions you were talking about.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, I think one of the athlete athletes just show this, you know, consistently all the time. Right. You you study Kobe Bryant and and he was there early shooting shots from all the different spots, shooting shots from all the different spots. And 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 of course, even though now he's no longer with us, he still has made more shots at the Staples Center than any other basketball player in history in any other arena. Okay. <laughs> because. Because he practiced, the, the one thing that, that mattered for his game was making shots. And so, yeah, those small, consistent actions. And, of course, then the small, consistent actions tied together over a period of time creates those huge leaps that everybody mm-hmm. else is looking at. Wow, look, he just jumped to seven figures. Woo, way to go. But it's really the process and honoring the process. Um, I think our culture gets so focused on outcome goals, right? In mm-hmm. fact, this time of year, we're all setting a resolution and making an outcome. And, and I want to look at these outcomes. But very rarely do people take the outcome and break it down into the next smallest step. And and really, it boils down to if you break it down to the next smallest step and you do that small step every single day for an entire year, mm-hmm. that's a ton of progress. Like Like you're going to go leaps and bounds beyond all your peers because none of them are going to do it. Mm -hmm. Or, or beyond what you even imagine because every
1: single overnight success that we hear about if you ask them the question of what was the consistent thing that you did over and over again and over what period of time they're all going to have an answer that lines up with what you're saying absolutely
0: well so we've kind of gotten there let's talk about routines do you use any routines in your day as a as a basis for your starting your day finishing your day Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And I would say, and it's funny, we're talking about New Year's coming up and New Year's resolutions. And for me, my New Year's resolution is always the same thing. And it is always to continue working on my mindset. Because for me, there is nothing more powerful than where I am, how I am viewing things, the lens I'm looking at things through, the way that I feel because of that, and what I'm able to do and how I'm able to impact So there are a few things that I do that are are really important to me. One is a a really simple exercise that I I learned from reading a, a book about getting into alignment. And that is just those first few seconds that I'm awake I don't keep my phone close to my bed because I don't want it interfering with me taking those first 30 seconds of the day to just appreciate the things that I am grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it can be from the big to the small. But to me, that really starts this great momentum of where I'm going to take that day. And we're going to get momentum one way or the other. And it's either going to be a momentum we create that we want, or it's going to be a momentum we have reacted with that we don't want. Mm. So I make sure that every day that's how I'm starting my day. And then the other thing that is really important for me from a mindset perspective is to take the time and notice the things that are unfolding around me are even better than I had expected. I think sometimes we can take for granted when things are going well. So I always make sure that towards the end of my day, I take time to write down the things that I've appreciated about the day, about the month. It doesn't have to be any certain time period. But I find that the more that I focus on those things, the more of them start to appear.
0: Mm, That's so good. Well, you mentioned gratitude as part of that those initial 30 seconds. So let's talk a little bit about the power of gratitude. Sure. Mm -hmm. So what I
1: love about gratitude is it is one of those emotions that you cannot hold negative emotions at the same time. So you can't hold anger while you're feeling gratitude. You can't hold fear while you're feeling gratitude. So it is one of those go-to emotions for me when I'm struggling, what are the things that I'm grateful for? Now, I'll also tell you though, and I, I think it's important that we're candid about things like this, sometimes gratitude is too far from where I am, right? So I am I am in a tizzy about something and I can't quite get to gratitude, in which case I'm gonna just try and distract myself and come back to it when I can. Because there are times where, especially when I talk to folks about mindset, I'm not saying be happy and pretend like you're not upset. If you're upset, then just live in that. But then check back in with yourself. Okay, now, can I be grateful that that thing that upset me so much was over quickly? Can I be grateful that it was better than it could have been? Those sorts of things. But at the same time, just acknowledging that sometimes I've got to be grouchy for a little bit and I've got to just live with that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, life happens, and and giving yourself permission to experience the emotion, um, especially anger, and not all of us have that total control over. You know, the flat tire doesn't frustrate us, or the fridge breaking doesn't frustrate us. But there is a point where, okay, car got a flat tire, it's a fact. I just got to get, I got to get over it, get through it, and not allow it to impact. You know, the rest of my day and the rest of my influence on myself and the world. And so but yeah i think giving yourself permission to go ugh and deal with it yeah you, know, you know, it, it's okay to be grumpy but recognize that that's what's going on right and and being able to admit it i think too often we bottle it up right the anger you just try to build a little wall and keep the anger behind it rather than allowing yourself to to just experience it and just say you know what? This bad thing happened. I'm mad about it. And 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 giving yourself permission to go through that and recognizing, all right, I, I don't want to I need to avoid a conversation with this person because that's just going to go bad or worse because I'm in this place. Rather than trying to go into that conversation and pretend you're not angry. Right. Is is just Absolutely. it's just being dishonest to them and dishonest to yourself. Um, so I appreciate give yourself permission to experience it. And and use gratitude, you know, at a later point, right? Ten minutes, twenty minutes, ten hours, to to pull yourself out of it. Um, I think gratitude in in my world, I just gratitude in my world is is such a powerful tool to take you to a different level emotionally, right? It and like you said, it's always positive. So so if you're really down in the dumps, gratitude is going to bring you up one level. But if you're in the middle of the road, gratitude is going to bring you up one level. And so every time that you have a chance to to bring yourself up, um, it's, it's important. So not just starting your day, but even throughout the day, I find just, whoo, I'm thankful that, you know, there's so much for us to be thankful for. Obviously, in our, in our situation, you know, born with this technology, raising, you know, using this technology and being at the level that, that we're at, uh, so much to be grateful for. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And the one other thing that I try and keep top of mind, because, again, I I love gratitude and I think it is one of those really amazing tools, but it can sometimes feel out of reach. And when it is out of reach, something else I like to encourage folks to think about that works very well for me is, is there a way that this could be happening for me instead of to? And this is one of those things where you've got to sometimes dig back into the past and think about things that in the moment seem terrible, but actually were a huge gift. And you just had to have a little more time and space to be able to look back and see why. And so if you think back to enough of those things, you can get to a place where sometimes right in the middle of it, you're like, I'm sure this is happening for me. I don't know how, but I'm sure it is. And it can get you to that better place a
0: little more quickly. I like that. It's kind of like taking yourself to neutral, right? I can't go straight from right. from bad to to, to, great, to gratitude, but I can get to neutral in between. But yeah. what a great question. Is there a way that this is working for me and not against me? I think that's a great question for people just to ask themselves on a regular basis um, because and so- it is, could there be? Just open yourself
1: up to that possibility. Because if you say is there, you might feel like you have to find out what it is. But if you can just open yourself up to, could this be something that's great for me? Like the person who was, you know, who missed their flight and then found out that
0: it would have been terrible for them to have made the flight, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's just such a great question because it shifts the idea. I mean, so many people are convinced that the universe is against them right that god god doesn't like them their their whole life you know it just plays towards that victim and this is an opportunity to could this be for me and not you know not happening to me is such a powerful statement to take you out of victimhood absolutely and give you some power right empower you to see it a different
1: way and have a different outcome
0: yeah, you, can, you can't you can control the situation or the facts, but you can control how you react to it. Totally. <laughs> Very good. So good. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com, A-D-D valuemindset.com welcome back let's get back to more greatness so let's talk a little bit about um, mentors and and how they've been beneficial to you and what you would recommend for somebody that doesn't have a mentor or, or would be looking for a mentor sure
1: so I have been incredibly blessed because I have had amazing mentors throughout my life and lots of of different ones, older folks who took an interest in me and really changed the trajectory of my life. In uh, Magic Blue Rocks, I talk about my Aunt Sue, who was the first successful person I'd ever met. She wasn't actually an aunt, she was someone who worked in my mother's company and really just helped me have something to shoot for and another person to see who's been successful to make me have more belief that I could do it too. So good. I would share with people about mentors, and I find this so much more as you know, I'm getting a little longer in the tooth, been around a little longer. I find that some of the greatest mentors are the unexpected folks. Mm-hmm. So I think there are children that mentor me oh. because they see the world in a different and I would say better way. I, whereas, so I'm Generation X and you know, came up with people on, oh, the millennials, and and you know, now we have Gen Z. I have both millennials and Gen Z folks that I consider mentors in different areas, like NFTs, when those came out. Okay, somebody's gonna have to explain this to the old lady. And I think that by seeing everyone as a potential mentor, what you're also doing is training yourself to see the best and brightest in everyone you encounter. Hmm. And that is a very moving experience for you as an individual
0: and for our society as a whole. Oh, that's so good. Right, I just just the idea that I'm open to learning from anyone is a, is a huge statement to the universe that's saying, I want to be taught, teach me, bring me all that I need, and I'm willing to accept it from whatever source you send it. And sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And folks who don't think they have any good mentors, they think everyone around them is terrible, they're good mentors too, because... <laughs> you learn more from a bad leader than you even do from a good leader. In some cases, like, okay, I'm going to take notes on all these things that I'm going to do differently.
0: So there's always the opportunity to be mentored. Well, and it's always the opportunity to learn right now. I'm open to learning whether it's the good or the bad,
1: right?
0: Yeah. That's so good. Well, it it definitely gives you a different view of, of people around you too. When you have that, that kind of openness to, um, I love the children, right? Children, whoo, there's so much, so much we can learn from children if we're just willing to get down on our knees and look them in the eye and listen to what they're saying.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of wisdom that they come up with just completely off the cuff because to your point, way earlier in our discussion, they haven't had people squash that innate belief that I think we're all born with that mm. everything is possible. Right. And then people put rules and structure and things around that and convince us otherwise you spend enough time around kids and you can grab that kind of confidence and belief again.
0: Mm. Yeah. Love that. So good. Cause, cause our culture, our parents are, and, and, and we don't do it intentionally. Like, you know, parents, yeah. parents in the store saying, Oh, we can't afford that toy when mm-hmm. it's really, there, there's a better explanation, but Typically, we rarely use it, but mm-hmm. in our brains, it sets up that same thing. Oh, well, you eat the, you know, the school buys your lunch, you get free lunch. That means, that means this, right? And, right. and when kids get programmed, those start, those things start to play into, into our programming. Our parents didn't mean to program us that way. That was just the most convenient answer. Sure. The or their own programming and they're just repeating it. because Absolutely. They- you know, it, it. but it's harder to say well you know we have a budget and this toy doesn't fit within our budget and it's not mm-hmm. a planned expense you know but the idea and of course i think this applies to us as adults the idea that anytime i ever get a thought oh i can't afford that i'm lying oh absolutely i'm choosing something <laughs> different that's really the
1: that's what it is i'm not choosing that right now
0: right and so if if there's a coach that's you know I tell myself, "Oh, that coach is too expensive, or or that program's too expensive." I'm saying, "Nope, that's just not a priority." I, I'm choosing because I have the ability to to make that. I have the ability to to make that happen if I choose to. Uh, yes. And so, it's trying to be more honest, right? Trying to be more, um, not allow the convenient answer to to just be the what we pop out with, because yeah. that sets our programming. It it absolutely, you know, either embellishes our poverty mindset or embellishes our other limiting beliefs that, that hold us back and keep us keep us where we are because that's part of our brain's job is to try to keep us alive and it still thinks there's a lion outside that's going to eat us if we step out there and do something you know that no one's ever done before.
1: Now I get that well and I think too because we get what we focus on that in many cases the biggest advantage is to focus on it in a different way so instead of saying hey we're going to sit here and problem solve i would say "Ah, let's let's talk about solutions right and it's it's, someone's like well it's just a little bit of vernacular but is it what are you focusing on you're focusing on what's wrong i want to focus on how we're fixing it and i think that that can go a long way because going back again to your small consistent action you're changing your limited beliefs with consistently not
0: speaking them into existence. So true. So often people want something different, but they focus on what they don't have rather mm-hmm. than what they want. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it, and it and it it's more than you know. It's more than vernacular. It's more than just the power of those words in your mind is is more than it mean. It means something. <laughs> It absolutely oh, means so. something for your brain to hear you change it and make that change regularly.
1: Well, and and words evoke emotion within us. So the more that we can use words that invoke emotion, that make us feel empowered and excited and that we are able to do things, the more that we will
0: be that person. Mm, absolutely. Love that. Love the the vision in that. Right. Really, it is determining who your future self is. And then it's not fake it till you make it. It really is, I'm gonna speak like that person, I'm going to act like that person, I'm going to be that person. And mm-hmm. and there's there's a great deal of power in that.
1: Absolutely. what is the the quote about the three-year-old in the Batman cape? Like, <laughs> I want to go after
0: life like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I I need to we need to find that quote put it so
1: I think it's like attack today like you're a three year old in a Batman cape, something like that. When right. you think about that visual, that kid on the playground that's wearing a superhero suit and probably some rain boots and maybe also a cowboy hat, but they are going <laughs> after it.
0: <laughs> my grandson showed up two days ago in his Batman costume. So we're, we're you're speaking my language now.
1: I, love this. This is the best. <laughs> I hope he wore it everywhere.
0: He did. He was he was wearing it Outside, I think he even tried to ride the dog. I I love (laughs) it. (laughs) Pretty sure, pretty sure he's gonna make that happen. Oh, so good. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your your specialty. Have you chosen a, a, a niche? Have you who do you target? Who do you serve? So here's what's interesting. I talk about my
1: business being industry agnostic. (laughs) because I have worked anywhere from the trucking industry to private equity to software banking heavy metals. It's all over the place. But what I do serve is a niche of people who have a desire to be better and do better in the world, both for themselves and their people. So my business philosophy is based on something I developed called the generosity culture. So pouring into your people, your clients, and your community as a way to accelerate and grow your business. So for me, it is more of a niche of folks who are looking for a philosophy that they can build and grow on and who are committed to impacting more than just their bottom line.
0: Oh, so good. So powerful. Um, You're probably at least the third person I've interviewed in in recent weeks that is is trying to help companies, help corporate help leaders Mm -hmm. um, see their people differently and, and make the choice to, to add value to their people in a, in a meaningful way. Um, And, and I think obviously this is the year of the big resignation or grand resignation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're on a, you're leading a wave of, of need, right? There, there is a huge need now in, in corporate America. I think um, the power shifted in the eighties to the stockholders and the stockholders empowered the CEOs at the expense of the employees and the customers and i think it shifted to the customers for a few years in the 90s and the 2000s but now it's coming back around to say the employees matter and you need to you need to do better for your people and in turn doing better for your people you're going to do better as a company and so i think i think that's obviously it's a need it's it's a huge need it's you know crossing all the headlines <laughs> right now that companies need to take better care of, of people. So that's super, super important and super valuable. Absolutely. Well, and I think the best companies have been doing it
1: all along and they're the companies that aren't sweating this great resignation <laughs> they were already taking great care of their people. And when you say that there've been three folks that have been here to talk about that, I think that's fantastic. I want to hear there are 300. I want <laughs> great. To- it, like this is a saturated market, fantastic, because that means that we are all doing the right things and we are all taking care of our people hmm. in the way that
0: they deserve. Oh, so good. I love that. I'm a, I'm a huge collaboration and creativity fan and, and I believe that competition destroys that. It stops it. And so anytime you, you, you want the good in the world to keep spreading. Which yeah, means- I like to call it cooperation
1: right? There we we go. You know, we can all go at it as as hard as we can. But if there's a way that you can help me and I can help you, let's do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, and imagine how well you elevate each other, right? It's, it's it's bringing, bringing good will never end poorly. No. (laughs) For anyone involved. (laughs) Yeah, that's so, so important. All right. So we've talked a little bit a little bit serious, a little bit of mindset, love the generosity culture. So how, how has contribution been a part of your journey? And help me better understand when you say contribution to. Well, and being able to give back, being able to to give to others, um, just just being able to spread that generosity for yourself and your business. Oh, so absolutely. So
1: for me, and it's it's funny, I think you and I both know Bob Berg, and he was the first person who changed the way I look at the term give back. So I just say give. And the reason is because a lot of times when people say give back, it's almost as if they took it from. And I, I explained it that way. I thought it was so interesting. So for me, there there really is this symbiotic relationship that we have, right? With where the more that we are given and successful with, the more that we want to pay that forward and help other folks. So for me, from a very young age, because I had someone who poured into me and mentored me, I was by the time I was a teenager, I was mentoring other folks and getting involved with nonprofits and sitting on those boards and then getting involved to actually hands-on do things. Because what I found is when you're doing that, when you're really pouring into the people around you, the community, that rising tide, if you will, it lifts everyone up. And it is, it is so funny because it is a gift to those folks. But I think what many of us can underestimate is how much of a gift it is to us as well. And how joyful that experience can be and how enlightening it can be. So for me, it whether it's working with other veterans or it's working with folks who have found themselves in a situation where they don't at this time have a home mm-hmm. or working with uh, underprivileged youth, which is really something that's near and dear to my heart, I feel like the honor is mine. I almost don't even think of it as much as my contribution, as what we're partnering on together to make the world a better
0: place. So good. Yeah, there's so much value in just just like you said, the language, right? The language of giving versus giving back and I don't if, have anything to give back. <laughs> I, have yeah.
1: I, had, I had never looked at it that way until Bob and I had a conversation about it. And I was like, you know, that's brilliant because it it does. It has, I think, it an even kinder and better feeling connotation when it's, you know, how can I give? How can I help?
0: Yeah, but that flow, that flow that you talk about is, you know, we we may be giving of our time, talent or, or money, but the, but the truth is the energy and love that that you get back is is worth thousands times more sure absolutely <laughs> and that's what's so great about it right it, it it really is that's the spiritual element of of money of talent of that there's definitely a spiritual side regardless of of a faith background there's a spiritual element to that 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 fills you up and and adds adds more to you than you've ever you ever capable of giving out Hundred percent, hundred percent (laughs) agree. All right, so let's talk about play and fun. How important is play and fun? Huge. (laughs) Play and fun is what gives me the energy to do all the work stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nice. So, what do you like to? to, What do you like to do to play? So it depends. So depending on if my Shih Tzu cowboy is involved or not, I have a thirteen year old Shih Tzu who does not know he's thirteen. And so going to the dog park or playing with him and, you know, we talked about mentors earlier. I also take mentorship from dogs. Why? Because they enjoy every moment of their life the way that is always my goal to enjoy things. If you notice just the way they go after life and the way they appreciate things I love. So that's part of my fun. Another part of my fun is Taekwondo. I got a black belt when I was a teenager and then went Two decades without taking Taekwondo at all, and have decided to go back through and, like, the master becomes the student and relearn. Wow. So I, I really enjoy taking Taekwondo. At this point, I'm I'm back up to green belt, but just learning it again and learning it with different eyes, if you will, because in in theory, I could go try and test and be what I was. But that process of learning is something that I didn't value. I always wanted to be the best I could be at something as quickly as I could. But going through and actually enjoying that process of learning the skill, that to me is a lot of fun.
0: Well, it's a great reminder of the journey, right? We've talked about the the, the process every. there's this idea out there that success is this place that you land and you get the belt put on and, and, or the trophy on the shelf and you've gotten there, but it really isn't. It's the journey. It's the process. It's the micro moments, the consistency over time. That's, that's where the joy needs to be found. That's where the experience is and that's where the fun and value of life should be everyday moments of, the process, not this whatever destination somebody's holding out there. Well, I think anyone listening has
1: had this happen where you have achieved some huge goal and then felt that disappointment that it did not feel the way that you thought it was going to feel. And then that not understanding whether it was a monetary goal or a physical goal, whatever it was, being like, I thought I would be happy here. And what I would say that I have learned and, and would share with as many people as possible is if you're not happy getting there, you're not going to be happy when you get there. Hmm. So Let's focus on being happy, getting there.
0: Nice. It's so true. Yeah, if you're not happy on the journey, you better find a different road. You're on the wrong bus. Well, and it's
1: interesting because what people used to say that, you know, it's, it's the journey, it's not the destination. And I didn't know what they were talking about. I was like, that sounds like something retired people say, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it just, it never resonated with me until it finally did. And it dawned on me, oh, it's, there is no there. Because once you're there, you just want something else anyway. So once you have this, then you want this. Like, I don't know if your big goal is a six pack and you get there and you have six pack abs. You're like, I heard there's eight. I want two. <laughs> you're never there. So let's enjoy it while we're going after it.
0: That's so good. That's funny. <clears throat> all right. So what what inspires you? Oh, gosh. Everything.
1: Is that weird? No, not <laughs> at all. I find inspiration in sunsets. I find inspiration in little kids. I find inspiration in, I got to tell you, I am that person who like searches through all the quotes on Instagram because I'm like, oh, this is a good one. Oh, I need this one too. And this is amazing. So I think I find inspiration in much smaller things than I ever used to. And it is a much larger form of inspiration because I feel like to your point, the universe is just sending me all these little
0: winks. Nice! Oh, that's so fun! I love that. Like, whoo, Universe is just just blowing me up with power and excitement. Absolutely. That's fantastic. All right. So, mention the your, your your cowboy and. <laughs> so, He's what up. else? What else do you love to do in your free time or travel? One of the pick one of the. I don't know where. Where's your? Where do you want to go? Travel.
1: I love to, I love to travel all around the world. The military gave me a a traveling bug and I love to explore other cultures. And I think that was one of the biggest gifts about being in the service. I, you know, I wanted education and things like that, but just what we get from traveling and being exposed to different people, being exposed to different ideas and the way that things are done, I think just makes us, more of a whole person, if you will, and goes a long way towards, and this is going to sound like a huge dream, but when we talk about world peace, right, and wanting us all to get along together, I don't think that ever comes from, well, if y'all would just all do what I want, then we can be at peace. I think it comes more from seeing that there are thousands of different ways to believe and be and live. And all of those are okay. If we could all be okay with that without getting upset about it and without hurting anybody else, wouldn't that be amazing? And I actually think that starts with travel and understanding people and cultures that are different than you are.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely believe what you're saying and and agree with you that, experiencing other cultures gives you a different level of respect um and being able to uh, for me it's the curiosity right the, if we had if we just had curiosity about their beliefs or curiosity about their experience or curiosity it 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 comes across completely differently than oh we're right you're wrong and we're going to kill you cuz you don't agree with us <laughs> Right, I mean, which is kind of where we've been for you know thousands of years, um, and and I love the curiosity. I want I, I want to explore other cultures and and experience other cultures and just try to understand. I mean, I think it's no different than trying to meet my neighbor and understand you know where they came from, right? And right. And, and so curiosity would go a long ways in in improving world relationships instead of. Um, I think the ego of we're right (laughs) has set us up in in many, many ways poorly. Well, you know, I, I think
1: what you said is brilliant. And oddly there's a Ted Lasso episode where he talks about curiosity instead of judgment. And it was one of many times when I watched that show that I thought, man, this there's, there's brilliance wrapped up in, in some funny 30 minutes here. And the curiosity piece was a huge one, because when you think about it, and again, I'm going to go back to children, but how often do people do things that a kid does not understand or agree with, but instead of saying it's wrong, they say, why? They'd naturally approach life with curiosity. And Let's just notice y'all they're happier and they get less arguments.
0: <laughs> and and what do we do when they say why?
1: Well, if if we're on our game, we try and explain it instead of just giving them some pat answer. <laughs>
0: that's, that's the challenge, right? Is the kids have said why so many times that you're just like, oh, I've done. No, they're just, just it's because I said so. Right? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I I love the curiosity of kids and I and I love that kids that why is is trying to understand and so many times parents and teachers take that why as a challenge to their leadership and a challenge to their power or position and mm-hmm. I think curiosity lets that go. Curiosity is like it's not a threat to my power or position. Um, no one's going to stop you from being the parent, no one's going to stop you from being in charge if if you're willing to 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 give a little and give a give a answer a why. <laughs>
1: well, and give some real thought to it because you might learn something too.
0: Whoo. So good. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love the power of children. And now the dog. So I have my own dog story that I
1: oh yeah.
0: So I was a pastor for 20 years and marriage counseling and all those things. And the joke always was. If you stick your wife and the dog in the trunk of the car and drive to the park, when you open the trunk, which one's going to be happy to see you?
1: Yes, I love this joke. When people ask me if I like love my
0: dog more than them, I actually use this analogy.
1: And, <laughs> well, here's the thing.
0: <laughs> but, but if I turn that around the way that you did and say, I want to be as happy as my dog, that means I've got to be willing to be stuffed in the trunk and drove to the park and get out of the car as happy as the dog. And so that that turned it around. But how could this be working for you? Someone stuffed you in the trunk to take you to the park. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm gonna be happy to see them when they open it up.
1: They're getting out and you're going to the park. <laughs>
0: yeah, so good. <laughs> wow. All right. All right, April. What's what's the big dream? The big dream for me? Yeah. Is
1: to be able to help any person that I come across for the rest of the time, I'm lucky enough to be on the planet in some way leave them and their life better than it was before I came into contact with them.
0: Wow. So good. That's really good. I like that. Now you've inspired me. Got to go to another level. (laughs) Oh, So young entrepreneur, you guys have just had coffee together and you're getting ready to part ways and you want to leave them with April's words of wisdom. What would you share?
1: My biggest words of wisdom would be that they don't have to know all the answers.
0: Hmm. No
1: one does. And that the expectations that they put on themselves are often going to hold them back more than they're going to motivate them. So the most important thing that they could do is follow that inspired action that they have and see where it leads them.
0: Mm, so good. April, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for taking the time today to be on the show. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com. In our next episode, Jordan Mendoza is a go-getter, and he talks about making connections and building his following on LinkedIn in only 18 months. He shares the three gifts he took out of 2020 and how he's helping others incubate their dreams and get good at their craft.